Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Thanks for being in the room. Thank you for joining us online today. You know what? I got to go to church last week. Church is amazing, friends. This really is. I got to go. I mean, I am in the, in the world of planning church services and messages and the whole rest of it. But last week, I got to go with my wife. We got to walk up to a building, not think about anything, sit in a seat, worship my brothers and sisters in Christ whom I've never met, listen to a message, and go home. I'm like, I don't know why everybody doesn't do this every Sunday. This is amazing. Okay. Am I in the right room or what? It's amazing. Get to work. You know, and I, I, listen, we want people to be involved in the ministry here, but to like go to church and like have somebody else plan it, you should thank me every week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and my team, my team does this for you every week. You can just come and you can sit there. You can worship and you can listen to really good preaching. <laughs> church is amazing. And like I said, I got to sit around some people whom I never met before, and I'm like, I am related to these people. I got to spend eternity with these people. I love them, and I've never met them. Church is amazing. You should keep coming. You should come, friends, online. Come be in this room. It's amazing. Okay. I'm just so excited about church. So the other thing that I want to tell you as I've missed you for a week, is uh, especially for parents that have children and city kids here at the 9 a.m. service until we are able to open the 11. If you, parents, if you're taking your kids to a movie that starts at 7 p.m., what time do you get to the theater? Okay, everybody's got to have full involvement today, all right? I've been in the States, it's the whole thing. If you're taking your kids to a movie and the movie starts at seven, what time are you at the theater? 6.45, you need to get some snacks. You need to not disturb the other people that you are going to sit in front of. So you're gonna be nice and you're gonna come on time. So what are we doing at church? Service starts at nine. And listen, I'm up here. I don't know if any, I'm assuming you were all on time today, okay? So I don't, I'm I'm not signaling anybody out. But we already know church is amazing from the first thing I said. And so what we want to do is what we're doing with your kids in there, we are investing in their eternity. Thank God for the movie that you're taking them to and you're laughing and all the rest of it. It's cute, it's great. But we are investing in your child's eternity and their relationship with God. And what we don't wanna do is have them miss the first half hour of what that class was. And then what we don't want them to do, are you still love me this morning? And then the other thing that we don't want them to do is we don't want them to disturb their friends by showing up a half hour late who are already listening to the teacher who is teaching them eternal principles from the scripture. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna respect our brothers and sisters in Christ, the other families who have shown up on time with their kids. Everybody say respect. (laughs) Let's respect the things of God. 
Let's respect the house of God. Let's give as much respect to the house of God as we do to the theater that you show up to on time. Can I get an amen? See, are you glad I'm back? (laughs) See, this is what pastors do. You know, guest speakers come in and they preach your favorite message, but pastors have to pastor. All right, we are in week three of a series that we have called, hey, how about Michael Leto last week, friends? (laughs) Michael Leto surprising me for a decade now, how much is he so quiet? And then it's like talking and this amazing stuff comes out of his mouth. So we are so thankful to have him as our youth director. He did a great job picking up on week two of our series. And what we're doing in this series that we are looking at fruitfulness, effectiveness, being productive, all of these three words that we're gonna be discussing in this series are all sort of synonymous topics. And so what we want to do with our lives is we actually want to be effective. We want to be fruitful and productive for the kingdom of God. And what we're gonna be focusing on today is growth, that we all need to grow, right? And it's not just growing up physically, we know we need to do that and we will do that automatically, but we need to grow up spiritually and mentally and those things that we're thinking in align alignment with the word of God will produce godly actions in our lives. And that's what we're focusing on in this series. Now, if you've ever taken care of a lawn of any description, you know that there is good grass that grows in your lawn. And then there's other stuff that grows in your lawn that isn't so great. Now, but from a distance, you might not be able to tell, but it's green. Some of these weeds that are growing in our lawn are also green, but we want the healthy grass to grow in our lives, right? You know, there's those weeds that you can't see them from a distance, but close up, and they have all of these tentacles that are out in amongst the grass, and they end up choking the grass. And so that's the type of growth we don't actually want in our lives. We want to have good, healthy growth that in our relationship with God, um, the natural outgrowth of that, as Michael mentioned last week, is a fruitful life, that we want to have good, healthy growth. My wife and I, we got to be with our daughters last week, and we actually got to live in their apartment for a week. And, you know, the the, the great things that my wife has invested into our kids over their whole lives, 22 and 18 years old now, we actually got to see it. It was amazing. They're actually functioning without us. <laughs> this is the goal, friends. I'm just telling you. We don't want any codependence for life. You want to invest in your children so that they can live independently from you, dependent on God, but independent from you. And so we got to see some good growth and then we got to see some of our bad habits as well, which we didn't like, but we're focusing on the good things today that we all can have and desire and we should want good growth in our lives. And we want to distinguish the good growth from the bad things that might be growing up in our lives. So we wanna grow spiritually and mentally. And words cause us to grow. Words cause thoughts to grow in our lives. Now I'm gonna bring this up again. I, I brought it up a couple weeks ago. The topic du jour is tomorrow um, mass mandate goes away. And so there's gonna be some people after the mass mandate goes away that will continue to wear masks and then people obviously that will choose not to wear a mask. But we as the body of Christ, 
Whatever we choose, we will love the people who choose to do something differently as it relates to mask wearing, won't we? Especially at church. Next week, we won't have a mask mandate in this room. Some people will come with a mask, some people won't. But we're gonna love each other. Here's something I know. Two years and one month ago, you had no opinion about mass. And now you're a version of an expert. And what you're an expert on is the opinion that you like. And so you're going to find a medical expert who will interpret the science for you to affirm the thing that you like. That doesn't mean you're an expert. It's just you're going to do what you want to do after tomorrow. And whatever you do after tomorrow, I just want you to know. If I see your full face next week, if I see half of it, I will love you. And next week, if you see half of my face or all of my face, it's a mystery. (laughs) You're gonna love me, right? Even if I chose to listen to a different expert than you did. Come on now, let's have fun in church today. See, some of you are mad. Some of you are mad that I said that. You're like, no, the thing that I think, Pastor Brent, about mass is the thing. It's not the thing. It's your opinion about the thing. Like I said two years ago, you didn't even care. You would never consider it being a mask expert. So don't pretend you're one now. Get off your high horse. Either way, whichever horse you might be on. good to have a week off. Just go to church, I'm telling you. So we want to be useful for God, not useless, right? We want to be useful for the things of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's get to the scripture because who knows what I'm going to say today. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanse himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So we have some choices in our lives about what we're going to set apart as it relates to our thinking. Am I going to be a good vessel for the, the use of the master? that I could actually be a friend of God, that God could look at me as a friend and ask me to do something in the world today so that I would do good works. I'm not gonna do good works to get saved, to get myself into God's good graces. God loves you before you did anything good. And so from our relationship with God, we want to be useful. I want to be one of these vessels of gold, not a vessel that can burn up. And so I'm gonna make a choice I'm going to cleanse myself. I'm going to separate myself from the things, from the thinking, from the meditations that will cause me to be useless. I want to be useful in the hands of the master. This is what God wants for us. He wants us to be effective, fruitful, productive. Genesis 1, 26, God's intentions For mankind, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Now, a couple weeks ago, I know I talked about people should have children, that men and women should get together, get married, and have a baby. And I know I shocked some people with this information. (laughs) And it's not that I'm unaware of what the ideologies of the world are. I know what they are. I've read about them. These words are actually better than all of that. Nonsense, might I say. This is actually way better for you to believe and to think in line with. This is how God has actually created us, male and female, that we would get together and we would be fruitful and multiply. And I don't hate anybody and I don't have a phobia. This is actually a good way to live. This is the godly way to live. Can I get an amen in church today? Amen. Don't be nervous. I know young people get nervous when I talk like that. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over everything that moves on the earth. So God wants us to be fruitful, that he created us, that we would live fruitful lives in him, in relationship with him, that we would be fruitful. And again, the definition of fruitful means increased, grow, producing. I love this definition, a mature, edible product. That's what your life should be, mature, so that somebody can actually partake of the goodness of your life, that you can help somebody with your life. You should grow up. What do we know about young children? They are completely selfish. And what do we have to tell them when they're fighting with their brother and sister or their friend about the toy? We're like, you need to share. So what are we telling them? We need to grow up. You need to be mature. How much more us, followers of Jesus, that our lives would be a mature, edible product. Something to eat, something to sow. We are endowed with moral, intellectual, and spiritual power made in the likeness of God. So all of the aspects of our relationship with God will make us fruitful and therefore effective. Effective men, effective women, effective husbands, effective wives, effective employers, employees, friends, make us effective because of the fruit in our lives growing from our relationship with God. So a couple of weeks ago, I talked about um, we want to be a good tree, and I talked about different aspects, five thoughts about fruitfulness, and then last week, Michael talked about help, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said the natural outgrowth of our relationship with God is fruit, fruitfulness. He did a great job. Now, growth is one of our church core values. Growth, our commitment. Just going to read you, you can find these all, our core values are on our website. Jesus doesn't call us just to be Christians in name only. Instead, he calls each person to be a disciple. We are committed to growing in our personal relationship with him and knowing him more. So this is our commitment to growth at City Church, that we 
as followers of Jesus, that we just don't have a one-time experience with salvation or with the Holy Spirit, that we are committed to be disciples, that I'm growing, that I'm understanding God more and more. And then when I understand God more and more, I understand life more and more, and then I'm able to live an effective life. So there's some specific things in the scripture that tells us how we need to grow. So here's some things that need to grow in our lives. Second Peter chapter one, verse four says this. Second Peter one, verse four. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature. So there's human nature, there's the secular nature in and around the culture that we are submerged in. But then the scripture is telling us there's a divine nature. There's a divine way to live the life that we are given, that we should partake of it. We should live in accordance with the ways and thoughts of God. We should, man, God, what are your divine thoughts for my life? I want to live those things out. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world through sinful desire, because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Now, here's a list of things that we need to add to our faith. So, or we could say it like this. An outgrowth of our faith is going to be a list of these things that will be partaking of the divine nature. Let's read this list. Supplement to your faith with virtue, virtue knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For in these qualities are yours and increasing. They just keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to add these things and we want them flourishing in our lives so that we're not ineffective. So if God doesn't want us to be ineffective, what does he want us to be? Effective. And if he doesn't want us to be unfruitful, what does he want us to be? Fruitful. And how are we going to have those things in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? So these things that will be added to our faith because of our relationship with God, will help us live in accordance to the divine nature that God has for us. Not, not the sinful nature we read about there that's corrupting the world. That those are the weeds that will spring up in the good growth of our lives, right? Have you ever found any weeds in your thinking? Everybody in this room has weeds in their thinking, including me, everybody, ev everybody. And what we want to do is we want to separate those things in and from the culture and the sinful nature that we have in our flesh. And we want to live according to the divine nature. So let's look, just give a little bit of definition to these things. So we're gonna to add to our faith virtue. The definition of the word virtue just means a virtuous course of thought, feeling and action, moral goodness, and simply truth, truth telling. That we should be virtuous people, full of moral goodness, virtue, truth. Have you ever told a lie? <laughs> 
Have you ever told a lie? What's the problem with telling a lie? It's not actually related to reality. So the problem is when you told a lie and you had to answer for the lie you told, you made up stuff, right? Maybe hopefully it was when you were a teenager and you told a lie, well, where are you going tonight? Uh, I'm going to Bobby's house. And you come home from not Bobby's house. Your mom said, well, what did you do at Bobby's house? Because um, uh, you weren't there. So you've got to get creative with your lying. But the scripture tells us, hey, we should be virtuous. And it's good to be virtuous because you don't have to remember the lies. You're telling somebody lies. Speaking of disrespect, we talked about earlier. You're just disrespecting anybody that you're lying to. So we just want to tell the truth. What's actually related to reality? That's what truth is. There's a bunch of made-up realities in our culture that people purport as truth, and they are lies. But the divine nature... We're just going to be virtuous. We're going to, from our relationship with God, the scripture says, your word is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the closer that we get to the Lord, the more truth just comes out of us. We're just telling the truth. We're just going to be honest. And you know what's good about being honest is that you can get help when you're struggling. Did you know that? That's why we encourage you to get into a city group. That's why we encourage you to have friends here at church. Because when you're going through a difficult time, you wanna be able to have somebody to tell so that you can have somebody to help you, to pray for you, someone to talk to. That's what the family of God is all about. We're, We're not all in this room here pretending that our lives are perfect in every way, that they aren't. We're struggling, we need a savior, we need the help of the savior and we need the help of our family, the body of Christ. We can come in, we can have a friend and we can tell the truth and somebody can help us and pray for us. Can I get an amen? amen? Knowledge, that we would add knowledge. I love this simple definition of knowledge. General intelligence understanding of the faith, that we would have a knowledge of God. Growing in understanding who God is, but not just knowing who he is, knowing that I am in relationship with who he is, that he is good, that he's merciful, that he's loving, that he's full of grace, that he's full of wisdom, that he's full of the knowledge that I need to be effective in my life. So this is why we want everybody to grow at the city church. This is why we want our kids to come so they can grow. We want our students to come and grow. We want you to come and grow. And I want to come and grow and be part of the family of God. So we be increasing in our general intelligence of who God is so that I can lean on him, trust him. See, the more we know about God, the more we put our faith in him. So this is all we, why we want to grow in our knowledge of God. Next one, self-control. Does everybody like that one? Someone who is gonna add self-control to their faith, masters their desires and appetites. 
the desires of the senses. Do your senses have any desires? And do, the, do, do the, any of those desires get out of whack sometimes? This is a full righteous bunch today. It's great. <laughs> what happens when our desires get out of control and our desires take over our lives? It becomes destruction, sin, missing the mark. That's what sin means, to miss the mark. And our desires aren't inherently bad, but when they get out of control and they dominate our lives and our desires take the throne of our life, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. But the scripture says here, we need to add self-control to our faith. Otherwise our lives can become shipwrecked. Godliness is the next one. Reverence and respect towards God, devotion to God that I'm fully devoted to having good grass grow in my lawn and not the weeds. I'm devoted. That's what I'm devoted to. And I know when I'm devoted to God, again, the outgrowth of that devotion is that I will become a mature, edible product, that I will be able to be a blessing to the world. Godliness, reverence, respect toward God, that he alone would hold that throne in my life. Not my desires, not other things, not the voice of the culture, but the voice of God. Next one, brotherly affection. Just simple definition of that is love of brothers and sisters. And this is why church is so great. We have built-in family and it's big and it's amazing and it's around the world. We get to come together and we can love each other and we can tell the truth about what we're going through and we can know that we're all pointing our lives to the Savior and we can pray for each other and listen to each other and encourage each other. Add to our faith. So our faith is not just me and God. Our, our faith is not just you know vertical. Our faith is gonna produce something on the horizontal where I will love somebody, that I will have affection. That me knowing God produces affection for the body of Christ, for the church, for you. That we would love each other. And then finally, the last thing, brotherly affection and then love, agape. Unconditional love means goodwill, benevolence, but then it also has the connotation of action. That I'm not just loving in words, that I'm loving in action, that I love God with action, and that I love you with action, that we love each other with action. Adding all of these things to our faith helps us to be effective and fruitful, mature, growing up. It's good to grow up, right? Are you here this morning? It's good to grow up. I, I can remember... Um, Growing up in church, and you know, people have different traditions, and I've grown up in a bunch of different uh, church denominations and traditions. And in one of the churches that my dad was an associate at, sometimes people would be extra loud in worship. Listen, we want you to be loud, 
and passionate and worship, but we want you to be at the volume that everybody else is at. Because if you are the loudest one in the room and everybody else is quiet, we're no longer worshiping God. We're looking at you and wondering what your deal is. When I was young, growing up in one of these churches, that there was always be this person who would like yell out and worship. Did anybody grow up in a church like that? And I thought, wow, that person is like really mature. And now I know they weren't. They were wanting attention for themselves. Are you here today? So what do we wanna do? We wanna grow up and we wanna be mature. And how, how is that gonna happen? That's gonna happen on the horizontal when you have edible fruit in your lives. Not looking for extra attention for yourself, but you're just a blessing to people. What, what, what's growing up in you, the good grass of the lawn of your life, not the weeds, can be a blessing to others. So real quickly, God has a growth path for us. John 15, verse 15 says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that I will be even more fruitful. Do you like those verses? Do you like the idea of cutting off branches? It, might, it sounds a little bit painful, right? The things that aren't bearing fruit in me that are of no value to others, we should want those things cut off in our lives. Now, again, a lot of times people think, well, you know, God is gonna cut these things off because he's gonna have something bad happen to me. He's gonna have some sort of disaster happen, some sort of temptation or trial. But let's read and see what the scripture says. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So these things are gonna get pruned in our lives by the word, by the thoughts and ways of God to oppose the weeds in our lives, the things that need to be cut off. How's it gonna get cut off? Through the word, exposing ourselves to the thoughts and ways of God. Verse seven, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So all of these things are gonna come and gonna grow up, and all of these things are gonna be cut off the more we expose ourselves to the word of God. Ephesians chapter five, talking about marriage, but then also talking about our relationship with Jesus, the husband of the church. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, talking about the church, cleansing her, and that's you and I, by the washing with water through the word. Everybody say, through the word. So how do we get clean? How do we get cleaned up? How do we get these things cut off? Through the word, exposing ourselves to the word. Now again, don't just go to the word of God mindlessly or out of duty. Take that list of things that I gave you a second ago virtue and knowledge and self-control and look for those things and see how those things can grow up in your life by exposing yourselves to the word of God. Not just looking for the stories, looking, oh, how, how is virtue happening in this story? How, go, go, go to one of the stories of Jesus and you will see he always tells the truth. I wanna have that grow up in my life. Exposing myself to the word of God cuts off the unnecessary things. And we all have unnecessary things. 
Luke chapter eight, verse 11 says this. Jesus had given them a parable about seed and different types of ground, and they didn't really understand the parable. But then here he explains the parable to them. Luke 8, verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. So this is how all thoughts grow up in our lives, through words. And again, there's gonna be some good thoughts from the word of God that they're growing up in our lives, and there's gonna be some other thoughts, words that we've heard that have weeds growing up in us, in our relationship. Here, the seed, the word of God, this is what we want, the ways, the thoughts, the scripture, the holy writings. He talks about these different soils now. Verse 12, those along the path are the ones who hear And when the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. And when they hear it, but they have no root, they believe for a while. But in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But when they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not Mature. What doesn't mature? The thoughts of the seed of the word of God. So again, this is what, we just don't wanna have the word of God bouncing off of our eardrums. It's good to do that. But we actually want to consider it, think about it, have it germinate, and then grow up, have it mature us. Verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Doesn't that sound like fruitfulness? Exposing ourselves to the word of God will cut away all of those unnecessary branches, all those unneeded things, and then we'll produce fruitfulness in our lives. Verse 16, no one lights a lamp and hides it in the clay of jars or put it, put it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. Listen now, verse 18. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. And whoever does not have, even what they think they will have will be taken from them. So a little bit, this parable is telling us how we need to hear the word. Not just that we need to hear the word, because that's obvious, but how are we gonna listen to the word? And what is the state of our heart? Because that's the consideration that Jesus is telling us. And sometimes we think this is, you know, it's four different types of soil. And so maybe it's four different types of people. That's obviously part of the interpretation. But the other thing that we could think about is this. I might have really good soil for part of the word of God, but then other parts of it, I don't want to hear that, Lord. I don't want to hear what you have to say about this or this topic or, or, or this topic or this idea. I'm good ground for this. I'm good ground for the blessings that you want to give me. 
but I'm rocky ground when it comes to commitment. And I'm rocky ground when it comes to dealing with anger that I might have or dealing with the unforgiveness that I might be harboring in my heart. I don't wanna hear your word in these areas, but I'm good ground for the blessings, Lord. Just give me the blessings. I'm good soil. I'm fertile ground for the blessings. Now we wanna be good soil for all the ways of God. And when we think about these soils, hard heart, impenetrable ground. In other words, I'm just not open. Just reject it. That the seed of the word of God comes, I can hear it, but then it bounces off the soil of my heart. Rocky ground, shallow soil, an emotional hearer. Excited for a moment, but then it's gone away. And we've all been that at one time or another. We've all been all four of these. Hopefully more often the good soil. But we've all been this at one time or another. Next, next then, soil is thorns. I love this crowded soil. There's too many other things. Too many other things going on cares and this and the pleasures and all of this, all of these different things from the world. And all of that is crowding out the word of God. Last thing, good ground. Listen, it hears, it understands, it receives, it perseveres. Perseveres. And then it patiently produces fruit. Patient, everybody say patiently. See, when we are sowing the word of God into our lives, this is why I say it's so important for our kids to sow the word of God into their lives, into our lives. We keep sowing good ground, not shallow, not, not crowding it out with so many different things, not joyful for a moment, then life gets hard, then I give up. Then I, I hear the word of God, I, I understand it. I receive it as the best way to live. Because the word of God is full of the divine nature. Thoughts and ways of God are what God is wanting us to walk in. So we want to have fruitful soil. Last verses. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow and a discerner and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And in Luke there, we read that we should consider how we are hearing. Again, not just having it bouncing off of our eardrums, but intentionally understanding what the scripture is saying. What are the adjustments that I need to make when I hear it? What are the dead branches in my life? Where is it that weeds have grown up? Because the word of God exposing myself to the word of God, man, it just gets right down soul and spirit, intentions of the heart. 
what a beautiful thing that God gives us this as a gift that we can have a relationship with him. This consideration about our lives and what he's trying to sow into our lives, the life of God. Last thing and we'll pray. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word lights our way. The ways and thoughts of the enemy and culture are just given to just destroy our lives. God has his future for you. God has some intentions about your future. God has life for you to live in your life, the God kind of life. How's it gonna come? How are we gonna walk it out? Humbly receive the word of God. Open ourselves up. Understand what he's saying. And then patiently mature. Patiently bear fruit. Let's just pray today. Father God, we thank you for your word today. God, we just humble ourselves today to your ways and to your thoughts. God, we know that your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. They contain your divine nature. God, we wanna add all of these things that we read about today to our faith. So as we are spending time with you, as we are spending time with your word, as we hear your word, we don't wanna be, we don't wanna have impenetrable hearts or have crowded soil or shallow soil. God, we wanna be good ground for what you say so that we can be changed into the image of Christ so that we can be effective and fruitful. God, we just make a brand new commitment to your word and to your ways. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Hey, if you are here in the room today and you have never taken a first step in your relationship with God or if you're watching us online, the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus, that he came and lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And God doing all of that through Christ provides for us a relationship with God and it's called righteousness. Righteousness just means right standing with God. And the only way we have right standing with God is by receiving what God gives us as a gift. God offers to each person the gift of eternal life, the gift of a relationship with him. And all you have to do is say yes to that gift. None of us qualify for that gift because of our own goodness, our own version of religiosity. But God just offers it to us again and all we have to do is say yes. Everybody needs that moment where they say yes to Jesus. As we talked about earlier, you know, Jesus called us to be his disciples, lifelong learners, but everybody needs this moment where you say yes to Jesus. So if you have never said yes to Jesus before, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me to make Jesus your Lord today. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. And church, let's pray this out loud helping somebody that might be praying it for the very first time. God, we thank you for Jesus. 
We thank you that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. Today, I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's congratulate those that might be doing that for the first time. Hey, if that is you this morning, we congratulate you. We believe that that's the best decision that you will ever make. You know, this is just a one-time moment and life, faith is a journey. So we actually have some materials that we would love to put into your hand that will help you on your journey of faith. If you just head to the info desk in the lobby, one of our team members would love to connect with you and give you those materials. Also, if you're watching us online, if you email us at info at thecitychurch.ca, we will send you those same materials. Well, thank you for being in the room today. Again, if there's somebody that you haven't seen for a while here in the room, text them and say, see you at church next Sunday with a mask or maybe not. I don't know, but I would love to see you next Sunday. It's gonna be a great time. Um, and also just wanna reminder, give a reminder for all of our young adults, 18 to 35, after the second service this morning, they're gonna be having just to get together a hangout time with pizza and wings. So if you are in that age category, don't go and eat somewhere. Come back for after the second service. We'll probably finish um, at 12.15 or so. And if you're back around that time, you can head upstairs and be part of that gathering. Thank you for coming to church today. And we will see you next Sunday for Effective Part Four. You are dismissed.